the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As we look at our world today, we see violence, poverty, and anarchy every place. I'd like to think that if the ultimate solution to all the world's ills was offered, we would gladly receive it and set about making the world a better place for our posterity. The good news is Jesus was and still is offered as the perfect solution to the world's problems. Listening today as Pastor Rander continues to look at how Christ was received by the world he came to save in this message, The Rejection of Jesus. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Your rejection through social media or whining to others on Facebook about your situation. Sad and I have to say this. Some of y'all love putting your business all over the world. It's called the internet. It's the world wide web for a reason. (laughs) I'm going to the toilet today. Come on. Come on, golly. (laughs) Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without complaining and disputing. You going through issues, injustices, problems, hurt, pain, failure, sickness, whatever it is, be quiet. That's, That's a spiritual principle. Say be quiet. That's God to help you to be quiet. Trust God and pray. Three principles when you're going through things. Be quiet, trust God, and pray. You dishonor the Lord by being critical, having a bad attitude, and making everyone else around you miserable. We glorify God by possessing a confident unwavering faith in Christ through our challenges. Through our challenges. Possessing a confident, unwavering faith. Trusting God and believing him. And you're not looking all mean and angry and disturbed and everybody's wondering what's wrong with you. Number five, if you're going to overcome rejection, we must refuse to live by our feelings and emotions. In this life, we are bound to be hurt. In this life, we are bound to be disappointed because people do have hidden agendas. They can be full of deception and betrayal. What we choose to do with that hurt and disappointment will either allow us to grow stronger 
in our walk with the Lord, or it means that we become the walking wounded. 40 years later, you still say, well, I've heard over something that happened back in 1962. When are you going to get over it? We get to choose what we do with injustice and pain and hurt. God enables us to walk through rejections in life because of the assurance of his presence. You can walk through anything when you have the assurance of his presence and the sufficiency of his grace. Did you get that? When you have the assurance of his presence and the sufficiency of his grace, there's nothing God can't get you through. I don't care how bad it is, how ugly it is, how long it is, how short it is. Listen, God is able. I I just love that the assurance of his presence and the sufficiency of his grace. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God is enough for you. Whatever you're going through. And all of us go through stuff. You can't see. Your children go through things. Don't minimize what your children. Oh, girl, you're too young. You don't know what you're talking about. You better listen to that child. Sweetheart, sit down and let's talk about it. Don't, don't, sit, don't, don't beat them. Down. What you worried about that for? You're, you're too young to have all that on your mind. Uh-uh. If that's a concern to him or her, you need to let them talk. Don't beat them down. Because their issues are very real to them at their age. And if they can't talk to you, they're going to turn around and talk to somebody else that's not going to give them the counsel that you could have given them. I thank God for my mountains. I thank God for my valleys. I thank God for the storms he's brought me through. If I never had a problem, I would know that my God could solve them. I would not know what my faith in God could do. But through it all, have y'all ever been through something? <laughs> through it all, you've been hurt, you've been betrayed, you've been, you've been pained, you've been sick, you've had surgery, you've had accidents. You've had, you had things come into your life. You say, Lord, what is this? Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. I learned to depend upon his word. His word. Not the media. His word. Not politics. His word. Not political correctness. His word. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word. His word. Number six, healing of rejection comes from thanking God for undeserved blessings. Healing of rejection comes from thanking God for undeserved blessings in your life and also possessing contentment in Christ. Philippians 4, 11 and 19 says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned 
in whatever state I am to be content. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thanking God. When you're going through things, calamities, hardships, trials, difficulties, you begin to thank God for undeserved blessings that he has endowed upon you. And allow him to give you contentment and peace that surpass human understanding. God soothes our doubts and calms our fears when our hearts are filled with gratitude and contentment in Christ. Now you say, when you're going through whatever you're going through, people are going through all kinds of things. Now I know that, they are, that, that the, the whole nation is reeling. I ain't reeling all over it. That's all, a lot of folk are. I mean, you, why don't we just be thankful? You don't have to wait for Thanksgiving season to be thankful. Matter of fact, you ought to feel your Thanksgiving and praise coming on right now. Oh. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you can't get happy thanking God in here, I don't expect you to thank God nowhere else. If you can't thank him in here, you're not going to thank him on the job. You're not going to thank him down the street. You're not going you, to wave your hand and just rejoice in the God of your salvation while you're walking down the street. They say, what is he? Is he crazy or what? In everything, give what? Give what? Give thanks. For this is the will of God for you and me. We begin to thank our way through. And God began to work out all those other issues that we think are so glaring and so big in our life. Say, God, I just thank you for another breath of air. I thank you for oxygen. I thank you that I can blink an eye. When is the last time you thank God for your eyelids? Your eyelashes? When is the last time you thank God that you can swallow? When is the last time you thank God for saliva? When is the last time you thank God for your nerves? I ain't talking about folk getting on your nerves. <laughs> In everything, give thanks. And you know what? There's a sense of calmness. You know, the media will work you up. The press will work you up. Y'all, you know what's wrong with y'all? Why y'all came, you look at each other funny? And you're taking positions on all this secular stuff that's passing away? You spend too much time and stuff that has no eternal value. Absolutely no redemptive value. That's right. When you know that God is in control, you'll be at peace, and you won't let the media or nothing else serve your peace. Do you realize when this issue is over, you got this major issue right now, whatever that is, whether it's on the news, whatever it is. But you know what? Before that one can get over it, guess what? There's another one. And then when that one's over, there's a what? Uh, and then after that one's over, there's what? There's what? Now, I'm not saying none of those issues aren't real. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be addressed. But you're going to be at a, in a hot mess if you allow the media and people and political correctness and what folk think and opinions to get you all worked up and you can't even function. 
You've lost it. Number seven, we must not allow rejection to define us. We must not allow rejection to what? Define us. God loves us unconditionally through the sinful choices we make. Anybody here made some sinful choices? How many of you, how many of you committed sin in your life? I mean, some of you might be committing now because you're lying. You know, you, you can't raise your hand and say you committed sin. A, a bad thought is a sin. Lying is a sin. Judging is a sin. Being a critical spirit, negativity, all that's, a, all that's sin. Slander is sin. Huh? Being cranky is sin, sinful. See, God loves us unconditionally through the sinful choices we make. He loves us through our trials, our setbacks, and our rejections. You know why sometimes you get so hurt is that you forget that God loves you. The Lord permits rejection to cause us to be more dependent upon him. We are children of God. We are born again to newness of life and endowed with every spiritual blessing and accepted in Jesus Christ. As believers, rejection will have less of an effect on us when we remember who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 6. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 6 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world and no amount of rejection can change that reality. When people hurt you, throw you away, leave you, divorce you, fire you, lay you off for whatever reason, realize that God loves you unconditionally before you were born, before the foundation of the world was even created. And no, nothing that comes into your life can change that reality. Are you listening to me? Allow me now as I close to comfort your heart with these scriptures that will enable you to overcome rejection. How many of you, all, how many of you want to overcome rejection, overcome abuse, overcome betrayal, and overcome depression? Okay, if you want to overcome those, let me see your hands. Look at that's every hand in him. If you want to overcome rejection, abuse, betrayal, and depression, don't you let one line be without the answer. According to the scriptures, how does the Lord see me? Not the world, not people, not your friends, not your family, not folk on your job. How does the Lord see me? Number one, I am loved. First John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. Number two, I am a child of God. See, God loves you. Even when you feel unloved, God loves you. Uh, you are his child. You are a child of God. John 1, 12 says, but as many as received him to them, gave he the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Uh, number three, I am Jesus' friend. 
I am Jesus' friend. He's my friend. John 15, 14 says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Number four, I am a joint heir, H-E-I-R, sharing his inheritance with him. Romans 8, 17 says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. As God's children, we are joint heirs, which means that because we are in Christ, we will inherit everything that belongs to God as his adopted children. We are recipients of all spiritual blessings, not only now, but also in the future. We will share with Christ all the riches of his kingdom because we are joint heir of the Savior who owns it all. That ought to help you feel better today. Uh, Number five, I am a temple of God. His spirit and his life lives in me. First Corinthians 6, 19 says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of, of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Your body belongs to God. Number six, I am a member of Christ's body. First Corinthians 12, 27 says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. We all make up the body of Christ and we are members of his body. We are part of Christ's body. Number seven, I am a saint. I'm sanctified. I'm in Christ. I'm set apart. We're the set apart ones. Ephesians 1, 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Number eight, I am complete in Christ. Colossians 2, 10 says, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. In other words, because I'm in Christ, he is sufficient. And I, I don't have to add nothing to Christ or take nothing from it. He is enough for me. Number nine, I am free from condemnation. Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I'm not going to be judged because Jesus took my judgment on the cross. Uh, Number 10, I am a new creation because I'm in Christ. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Number 11, I am elect of God, holy and dearly beloved. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Number 12, I am established, anointed, and sealed. I like that. I am established, anointed, and sealed. A second Corinthians one twenty one says, Now he who established us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. The Holy Spirit being in you is a guarantee that you belong to the Lord Jesus, my friends. Number 13, I do not have the spirit of fear, but of love power, and a sound mind. So many folk are crazy-headed, but I have a sound mind. Love, power, and a sound mind. Second Timothy 1, 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Number 14, I am God's co-worker. 
2 Timothy 1, 7 says, we then as workers together, that's a co-worker, workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Number 50, I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. Ephesians 2, 6 says, and raise us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Number 16, I have direct access to God. Hallelujah. I don't have to go through Draper. I don't have to go through some Pope. I don't have to go through my mama. I can go straight to God for myself because the middle wall of petition has been broken down and I can go to God anytime. What's his number? One, one, one. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Ephesians 2.18 says, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Number 17, I am chosen to bear fruits. John 15, 16 said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruits and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. Number 18, I am one of God's living stones being built up in Christ as a spiritual house. I'm one of the stones, a living stones from being in Christ. First Peter 2, 5 says, you also as living stones, we make up the spiritual house in Christ, are being built up, up, there it is, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Number 19, I am accepted. Ephesians 1, 6 says, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. When people scorn you, when they reject you, when they ridicule you, when they throw you away, when they call you no good, no, when they call you names, when they remember when you feel like you're less than, realize that you are accepted in Christ Jesus. Number 20, I am redeemed and forgiven. Don't let folk bring up your old mess, your old sins. Don't let them talk about what you used to do. Remember what we used to do together? Hey, look, I ain't there. Don't, don't bring that mess up. That's under the blood. Now, if God forgot it, why are you keeping it? <laughs> I am redeemed. Say redeemed. And forgiven, Colossians 1, 14 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. I like that old song that says, I am redeemed, bought with a price. Jesus has changed my whole life. If anybody asks me just who I am, I'm going to tell them that I am redeemed. I've been covered with the blood of Jesus. I've been purchased with the blood of Jesus. My friends, in closing, you are able to move on with your life when you are willing to forgive those who have hurt you deeply and not allow yourself to be put in bondage because of an unforgiving spirit. Amen. Ephesians 4.32 says, and be kind to one another. That's the one that hurts you. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Don't allow people to put you in prison, even as God in Christ forgave you. You say, why do I have to give that low down person? Because God gave you when you were low down. When you fell short, when you, when you, in your sins, in my sins, we all deserve hell. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his redemption. Thank God for his blood. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the resurrection. Thank God that he's coming back again. 
Also, our Lord gave the greatest demonstration of love and forgiveness as he was rejected and hung on the cross to redeem sinners. Even in the midst of humiliation, excruciating pain, orchestrated evil and rejection, Jesus did not condemn with his mouth. He opened up his mouth in Luke 20. 334 and said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. He was rejected, put on a cross, humiliated, excruciating pains, and he died. They buried him. But oh, early Sunday morning. I'm talking about early Sunday morning, folk. Early Sunday morning, Jesus got up out of the grave with all power in his hand. Aren't you glad he got up? How many of you glad we serve a risen Savior? We serve a risen Savior. We serve a risen Savior. And because he's the risen Savior, he handles rejection, pain, and all the things that come into our lives. And all God's children said, amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the message. Lord, I preached my heart out. Lord, this was a big message. I don't really know if the people understood the depth and the breadth and the scope of what they just heard. I pray that they mull over it so that they can be refreshed spiritually so that they will be healed, encouraged, have a spiritual perspective, make progress and not regress. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.